Let's get right into it with Chris Robinson, the managing director at TGM Institutional Services. He's joining us this Monday morning to talk financials. Chris, we've got rates continuing the move to the upside. Goldman now calling, well, they expect four rate hikes this year. Well, good for them. And you know, I guess they're short the 10 year, right? Uh, so everybody starts talking their position right now. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the markets factored this in really for three, four months. Unless you've been living under a rock for the past two years, we, we've known that this day was coming. Uh, they weren't going to keep rates, uh, you know, and keep doing what they were doing forever. So we're, we're having that, you know, the reality is coming in. So I don't know if it's three rates or four, four hikes. doesn't really matter. You know, look at the 10-year. You want to see what's going on? Look at the 10-year futures. You know, back in 2018, we were all promised 4% rates. And look how that turned out. Yeah. There's always some unexpected thing, right? And yeah. Lo and behold, where are we? We're right back kind of in the midpoint there. And it looks like we may drop a little bit more in the 10-year uh, futures. When the futures go down, why does that happen? It's because people are expecting higher rates. So okay. okay. 10 years at 1.77, sorry. So, you know, we got to get the 2% print. A couple good points there. Uh, I'm hearing you say basically this is all somewhat speculative at this point. There could be a speed bump unexpected that pops up that could derail some of this momentum. But I'm also here to speak to some of the momentum. We were just looking at the tenure. You told us to. I want to look at the uh, bonds and the tenure here because it's been the longer dated as well as the ZN. And I want to remind everybody, we're looking at the futures here right now. So you've got the 30-year on the left, the ZB, the longer dated, the ZN on the right, the uh, tenure. But again, these are the futures. And I just want to remind everybody that you have the inverse correlation. And let's just take a look at rates here to the upside. I've got the 30-year in this instance in the purple line. And, Chris, I mean, we're looking at the five-year. There's been a sharp move higher in the shorter end as well. It's not just the 10-year. Oh, I mean, people are, you know, adjusting their risk, obviously. And you see it, you know, um, probably if you pulled up the euro dollars too, the 30 days. You know, so from 30 days to 10 years, um, the market's repricing. You know, the fact that we're going to have higher rates, um, you know, are we going to stop at 2% in the 10-year? I don't know. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. And again, there's always the big what if, right? If we, and the Fed actually, though, they're talking more hawkish than they're actually behaving. Uh, we still need to end the taper first. So let's end the taper and then talk about when the rate hikes are coming. I know people, you know, they make a living saying, you know, the rate, the rate hike's going to come, the rate hike's going to come. I, I don't envision, you know, surprise rate hikes back like, uh, you know, when Greenspan was in office and, uh, you know, we would have those in the middle of the trading day. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, they, they'd release it and then that really would, you know, uh, uh, royal the markets. Um, we haven't had one of those in a long time. So if you're trading uh, the interest rate curve, I don't care if you're trading the euro dollars or the, or the 10 years or the five years, um, we haven't had this environment in a long time. So there's risk there. Um, and, and just just be aware of it. Uh, that that's that's something that you've got to be aware of. We haven't had that for a long time in the uh, the bonds and the notes. And it does seem like, again, although the Fed's very transparent, uh, as you mentioned, again, investors have been forced to kind of reposition and readjust their eggs in terms of which basket they're in. And that's what we're seeing as far as some of the price activity, I think, being a reflection of not necessarily all-out panic-type selling by any means. Chris, what does this mean for the dollar now? Because we've talked about this sort of halfway back level that has found comfort in around this 96 handle. Uh, you've got the 104 pandemic spike highs all the way down to those lows that we saw to begin last year. 
year around 89, that 90 even double bottom that we saw last year. Again, January, and they retested it June, July, the spring of last year. Talk to us about uh, where things stand right now. It's comfortably holding this 96 level still. Yeah, we're, you know, and this is one of those things. We're trading in a sideways range, kind of digest the next move. Uh, and we went from 18 month highs. We just had a one month low. Mm -hmm. I would be concerned, you know, if, if the dollar is going to continue to strengthen, we got to get above 97. Um, that's going to be it for a while. Now, um, I'm a big believer that when, when it becomes front page news, sometimes the market has come too mm -hmm. far too fast. Mm -hmm. You kind of saw that when people are saying the dollar's back, the dollar's back. That those currency markets tend to trade like um, kind of like a battleship. They don't turn uh, like a jet ski, right? So these these are long, use generally longer term trending markets. Um, I will continue to watch that level. I think that if we get above 97, you'll see um, more people betting on the long side of the dollar. And again, if you're trading the other currencies, I don't care if you're trading whatever, you're trading against the dollar. So. Um, Right now, that's the, the biggest thing I would watch. I don't care if you're trading the Swiss or the Euro or the or the um, Japanese yen. Uh, watch that 97 level on the dollar. Is that where you see some of the uh, bullishness coming from? Potentially higher rates, obviously. A little bit of a disconnect from the dollar and rates recently, but weakness in the yen. We're looking at the yen here, and let me just pull in the euro also. Now, I've got the 6E, the euro currency on the right. I've got the yen on the left. Chris, you mentioned the yen to a five-year low last week. The euro, a little bit more like the dollar, kind of in a bit of a range and a bit of a more holding pattern. But, I mean, this, you know, potential catalyst here. Yeah, and, again, it's... Uh... If, if you're trading one currency, you may not realize it, but you're really actually you're spreading against everything else. Yeah. So you've got to be aware of those relationships. Um, but again, this is going to be a, a 2022 shaping up to be lots of opportunity. Uh, again, as long as you don't get married to your position, you don't get locked in on some idea. Um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity, in my opinion. Chris, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the numbers. We uh, have a very busy week ahead, but more so I want to get your thoughts as far as what you've seen out of Europe. There was a lot of concern uh, into the Omicron uh, variant and how that could slow things down. It seems like the numbers haven't been as bad as they could have been, uh, again, with the uh, less severe aspect of it. Hospitals not necessarily getting hit, but uh, obviously the very contagious, but Centex Investor Confidence Index inched up ever so slightly. I noticed this morning the unemployment rate out of Europe uh, inched uh, down in a positive uh, fashion. I mean, again, similar to what we've seen here in the U.S., it just seems like the naysayers aren't necessarily uh, positioned properly on this one. It seemed like some of those concerns diminished as rapidly as they came. Oh yeah, you saw that. You saw the big move in, in crude oil, right? That was really the, the defining moment. Crude oil dropped from 85 to 62. Um, basically, really hadn't done anything other than worry about Europe shutting down. And I think that after two years, for better or for worse, people are starting to sort of get a handle on this. I think that people are starting to discern between cases and deaths. Uh, I hate to say that, it's not good when anybody you know dies, obviously. And I think we're we're, you know, the market is kind of factoring in. You saw that correction and then the rebound, and we're back to $80 crude. Why is that? Well, because, you know, they didn't shut down Europe completely. They shut down certain parts of uh, China, yes, but you didn't see that big scare. I think a lot of people were worried, oh, my goodness, we're back to March 2020, mm -hmm. and then it would have been the whole other can of, uh, you know, ball of wax 
And thank goodness uh, it, we didn't see that. So um, if you want to look at the, the canary in the coal mine for, for really people's COVID fears, it's got to be uh, WTI. WTI, uh, again, though, for the most part, hanging in there pretty well, just off that, well, October high of 85, kind of working its way uh, sort of halfway back from some of those recent uh, lows that we saw down there. Uh, lastly, I want to get your thoughts because uh, Omicron, some of the concerns, I mean, schools here in Chicago are closing. You mentioned how we aren't necessarily going back to where we were, but there are some flags that are flying and some current concerns being raised uh, related to. Absolutely, and that's going to be day by day, hour by hour. Um, you know, uh, and we've seen how this, you know, back in July. Remember July? It was all over. You know, it was almost like you know. And so, I certainly don't have a crystal ball as to what's going to happen with these uh, variants. But uh, I think as long as those two words stay out of the out of the uh, front pages, being you know shut down, um, you know, we're going to grind through this. And um, again. When you go to bed at night, there's always lots of uh, risk because of that, because stuff can happen while you're sleeping. So just make sure you've got your risk covered. Make sure you've got your, your sell stops or your buy stops in there because you don't want to get run over by a headline. Always good advice, Chris. Appreciate you joining us to help us take a look here at uh, what's playing out here in terms of some of the financial markets, talking rates on the rise. That seems to be the focus this morning. Chris. Thanks for giving us part of your Monday. Chris Robinson, the Managing Director of TJM Institutional Services.